special guest for us here live in studio. Uh, many of you may have heard that Nevei Yerushalayim has a uh, campaign going on, literally as we speak, on this Monday. And uh, we had an opportunity to uh, invite Rabbi Dr. David Refson, who is the founder of Nevei College for Women, all the way back in 1970, into our studio. Um, he is here, and uh, we get an opportunity to speak to him about one of the historic institutions of Torah study in the state of Israel. Rabbi Refson, welcome to JM in the AM. It's a pleasure to be here. A pleasure to have you here. So we go back to uh, the early part of, uh, well, I don't know how to put this. I guess the early part of your career would be a good way of putting it. We go back to 1970, and uh, I'm not sure what you were doing at that time, but obviously you felt there was a need uh, to offer a quality Jewish education in the state of Israel. And originally, if the story is right on the uh, on the web, originally this was geared toward men. was indeed. I started, I was in the Harry Fischel, Mahon Harry Fischel, the Harry Fischel Kailo, and uh, some relatives of the head of the Kohl, Rabbi Shayoshev Kohen, the Chreiner Levracha, were marooned in Israel. They'd come for a program. And the program didn't get off the ground. And Rabbi Cohen asked me whether I would do something for these kids. So for two years, I ran a, a program called Jerusalem Yeshiva Courses inside Machon Ari Fischl. And these were kids who were uh, left-wing modern Orthodox from the very modern Orthodox schools. And... Uh, that was my introduction to Chinuch. That's how I started off my career. These were men or women? These were all men. And uh, after two years, I put an advertisement in the uh, Jerusalem Post, uh, which was entitled Jerus uh, Jerusalem Yeshiva Courses. Now, in the civilized world, and by that I mean England, yeshivas <laughs> are exclusively for men. Right. And women came. So the Americans say, I believe that if people throw lemons, you make lemonade. Right. So I decided to um, hive off the women's part. The men's yeshiva, I brought Rabbi Baruch Horowitz from England. Who was a, and he's still there today. He's still running what's now called Devar Yerushalayim today. And it's still in existence, and I moved with At the that time, was it known as Neve, the men's program, or no? The men's program was not known was as Was never Neve. known as Neve. It was known as Jerusalem Yeshiva Courses, and he gave it a better name, Devar Yerushalayim. Which is located in Jerusalem. And is actually not far away from Neve in Harnoff. Uh, and, and, and at the same time, you then founded this program for women. I founded the program for women. In its first year, it had how many students? Four. Today, um, it has how many students? We have about 800 today in the various schools of Neve. And and these are women who are spending a year in Israel, their college years in Israel, a lifetime in Israel. Who are these women? So the answer to that question has changed over the years. The original Neve women in 1970, this was the end of the hippie era, and the women were older than me by quite a few. I was 24, and uh, the women were in their late 20s, early 30s. They had all been to 50 countries, 
10 colleges, but had never produced a degree. They changed their, uh, their majors so fast. Or if they did, it may have been a worthless degree. Yes, it was. <laughs> I'd never realized that some colleges offered both beginning basket weaving, intermediate, and advanced. Right. But they had the most interesting transcripts, and they were fascinating women. They were real, genuine seekers. All Americans or all Anglo countries? Mainly Americans throughout the uh, history of Neve. And they discovered you because they just wanted to discover themselves in Israel the way they did in those 50 countries? Or? Exactly that. Exactly that. that. They just so Israel's always the last stop on the discovery tour. Tragically. And in each of the stops before that, there are some who get off. Right. And who become, you know, the gurus of the world. Right. So how did you get to 800 students then? These are not just gap year students. Who are- no, no, not at all. They weren't gap year then. We do have schools for gap year students, but they are mainly for religious. Uh, right. We have a school for modern Orthodox women. We have two schools for Beis Yaakov graduates. But the major focus is the Balot Chuva, and they come for as long as they want. Uh, we're happy to accommodate them. And they stay, and they try to catch up on what their parents never gave them. So 50 years later, you are still going about this goal of trying to help women find themselves Jewishly. It goes on 50 years later the way it did at the beginning. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is that everybody talks about that, but nobody's ever offered me a job. So, <laughs> so I, you know, I'm there 50 years later. Right. And today's campaign that is now active supports the work of Neve in all the schools that you just no, mentioned? No, just the Baltu of a part of Neve. We're trying to do two things. It's clear, first of all, that the sun is setting on the Jewish population of America. With every year, we're just losing tens of thousands of men and women uh, by attrition. They've never heard about the Jewish option, and they just drop out and intermarry in enormous numbers. Now, I'm not one of the uh, believers in the apocalypse or anything like that, but it, and we have, the Jewish people has survived situations like this many times where the vast majority of the Jews are leaving uh, the religion. But the fact is that here in America, when you look at the numbers across the board, the numbers that Hillel give for the amount of students, the percentage of students who turn up for the Seder, who turn up for Yom Kippur. So what you're finding is that the majority have zero connection and are really on their ways out. What people don't realize is as as we continue to laud the Orthodox community for adding numbers in this country on a regular basis, a number much, much larger is being lost nationwide. There's no question of that. But I do believe it's important that we have a certain amount of self-respect. I don't believe in triumphalism, but I do think we have to look at the fact that those people who are exposed in any way to Judaism, many of them do appreciate it. Right. But it's certainly, as you say, it's a, it's a minority. How do people, Rabbi Refson is here visiting from the Vey in Israel. How do, we, uh, how do people get this information now? If, there's, if there are young women in, uh, I don't know, in, in some type of quote-unquote assimilated atmosphere in different states around the U.S., how do they find out about what you do? Mainly through the Internet. People do searches of all kinds. On campus, there are Jewish voices. 
Um, and these people just come across an experience which strikes a chord for them. It's not the idea which I used to hear used in uh, NCSY and these kinds of organizations of making people from is essentially very insulting. You can't make anyone from. What you can do is avoid saying something stupid, something racist, something anti-feminist, something homophobic, and just allow them to become from by... Well, create a welcoming atmosphere. A welcoming and intelligent atmosphere. That that which they studied until the age of 13 in their local, you know, synagogue, (laughs) conservative reform, whatever it is... Their Hebrew school. ...did not do justice. Right, that's for sure. Rabbi Dr. David Refson is in our studio. Uh, How do people support the campaign? Let's get that out there so at least we can mention it a couple of times. How do people support... Well, it is a charity campaign, so the charity website is available. And we, too, we have no objection to people sending us money directly to to Neve. So um, it isn't that, you know, it's the, it's the old joke about the guy who's trying to make a shidduch between the rich man and the poor man. He goes to the poor man and suggests it. And uh, the guy says, yes, I'd love to do the shidduch. He goes back home and he says that the work is half done. So I can tell you that in terms of giving, <laughs> yeah, we welcome donations. And we have done for the past 50 years. And we have an office here in New York in 111 John Street, Suite 1720. And that's the address. And the website is also available for this. Uh, and this has started already. It started last night. We had Because I'm on the charity campaign, and I'm just trying to find the, uh, the exact one here. Um, Yoni, do me a favor, see if you can find an Ave charity campaign, just let us know. So last night, we brought together 150 um, alumni, and it was quite a remarkable atmosphere. Where was this? This was in uh, Shul in Teaneck. Tonight, we're doing it in Beth Shalom in Lawrence. Then for the rest of the week, we're traveling the country, and uh, it was very uh, heartwarming. You know, I saw women I hadn't seen in 45 years. Who are crediting your yeshiva with with the way their families are today. Oh, very much so. What they said was absolutely beautiful. And they uh, showed us photos of their families, their extended families, their children, their grandchildren, in a few cases, great-grandchildren. <laughs> so it was a wonderful Nachas event. And each of them took upon themselves financial goals. There was a wonderful atmosphere there of reuniting with Naveh. Um, and anybody who goes to the charity campaign, you can give to Neve and uh, support the work of Rabbi Refson and his staff. Speaking of staff, do you have people who are there almost as long as you? Yes. Do you have any, any superstar veterans that we may have heard of? Uh, Tzipora Hella. Is there with you. Yeah, she was uh, one of the founding people with us. Came a couple of years after we started, and uh, she is really a Pied Piper, a remarkable person clearly the brightest person we had on campus. And um, and that I heard from the Lubavitcher ever as well also, spoke of her intellect and, and everything else. And Rabbi Shalkovsky has stood at my side for 50 years and has prevented me from doing things which were altogether insane. <laughs> and uh, this is really what it's about, finding people who you listen to and their true friends, you know, our rabbis 
define friends in a very interesting way. Yeah. They say the depth of friendship is measured by the willingness of the person to criticize you. Everybody's willing to say nice things to each other. Friendship is the willingness and the ability to criticize others. Interesting. And uh, I've always tried to have around me. My goal has always been, this is something I learned from my late father, that you look for people who are brighter than you. You don't look to dominate. You look to be inspired. Surround yourself with good people. Absolutely. Who may know more or be even more talented than you are. Absolutely. It says here on your website, this December, Neve is launching a mega campaign for 2020 and beyond. There are plenty of ways you can help us reach our goal. Um, it's a uh, it's a campaign that, uh, again, as you heard today, is focusing on the on the charity uh, uh, website, the charity campaigns that we've uh, become familiar with. And if you want to support Neve, you can go there and, in fact, do so. For 50 years, Neve has played a major role in Jewish women's education, creating positive changes in families and communities worldwide. The commitment to academic excellence, intellectual freedom, and making an, making an impact impact centers on all that Neve does. Where's the campus for Balai Tshuva, for ba- Balat Tshuva? Where is it located in Jerusalem? It's all in Arnov. Oh, it's all there in Arnov. We have a magnificent campus, part of which came uh, as a result of grants from the American government, the Office of Schools and Hospitals Abroad, and we have a magnificent campus with all the facilities there, uh, a gym, uh, arts and crafts place, we have everything. Um, So Neve has facilities, no one should hesitate to come because we can't offer them a bed. Uh, I'm just trying to... Uh, I see the website is neve.org, N-E-V-E-Y. Correct. Dot org. Yes. So people can uh, can go there and uh, and get more information, find the website, uh, et cetera, and, and how to donate, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm not able to find the charity specifically, but as you said, they're, they're in the middle of the campaign now. And it's... Well, I, I will shoot the head of it today, and uh, <laughs> I'm sure that will bring progress tomorrow. I think so. <laughs> There's no way it starts later today, right? That, that would not be the case. It's active as we speak. I think it's active. It, it's centered around 15, uh, 15th, 16th of December, so it may not be up yet. Oh, yes, that, that probably is not up yet. Okay, oh. so as we get closer then, we will remind everybody that they can support right. so the, the great work of Neve. But they can start today supporting us directly. It's <laughs> right. at Neve.org. N-E-V-E-Y. It only took a few minutes, folks, but we finally got to the crux of the matter. N-E-V-E-Y.org, Neve Yerushalayim. A program for women in Harnof, Israel, which is attracting people from uh, certainly many from the United States and other parts of the world and has made quite an impact on uh, Jewish families as uh, young women have discovered their Judaism through the experience of being at the yeshiva. Neve.org, N-E-V-E-Y.org, led by Rabbi Dr. David Refson. Anything else you'd like to add, Rabbi Refson? I think I've spoken enough about myself. You know, the, uh, you know what they talk about people in Hollywood, when they say, I've spoken enough about myself. Now what do you think of me? Now you speak about me. <laughs> you know? But enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> so we have in Neve, I think, I don't talk about the uniqueness of Neve. I hesitate to use such terms. But the one thing which we do have is a place for every English-speaking woman, whether she knows absolutely nothing, whether it's a base Yaakov girl, 
We have facilities on the Neve campus for, for these women. We have schools for them. We also even have a high school for immigrants to Israel. Wow. And uh, we have other projects. You know what's funny is uh, I'm sure people are wondering if the educational system, uh, how one approaches one of limited background is different today than half a century ago. You're dealing with a lot of different elements in life today, whether it's social media, phones, et cetera, et cetera. We always talk about that. I would bet 50 years ago when a young woman went to Israel, she was completely undistracted by all the distractions that we're used to today, right? She, was, she wasn't calling home three times a day and, and things like that. Today, of course, that's one of the challenges of keeping people focused on their work as they develop in, in Judaism. Is, is it very, aside from that, which we all get because technology has created a different world, aside from that, educationally, how one approaches and one reaches someone's heart, is it any different than it was 50 years ago? What one essentially is doing is removing the barriers that a person has towards religion in general and Yiddishkeit in particular. So their prejudices are different. The way they view mm. things Jewish has changed. It's been negative, but the negativity is of a different kind. So if 50 years ago it was just seen as being one of many of the significant world religions, the problem today is that people are very taken up with themselves and with their careers. The, uh, and one has to find a way of contemporizing the Jewish message. And that's really what we're doing in the faith. That's a big challenge. It's a very big challenge, but don't think that this challenge is any different right. in the schools we have for the religious girls. Right. It isn't different. It's all the same. It, women have no interest in the history. They want to know what's in it for them. And if you can prove there's a vitality to Judaism, there's a vitality to Yiddishkeit which can inspire them, so then they're in. And this is across Jewish education as a whole. The reason I opened schools for religious women was because I recognized that the same formula which we had come up with, in which education, however important, is secondary to inspiration, applies across the board, and any of the kids who are going to Israel for a year, if they, if they are successful there, it's because they return inspired, inspired to learn more. You look at the universities they go to, YU, right. you see hundreds of kids at night uh, learning af late at night. This is a tribute to the example that was set for them in their yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael. And I would argue, by the way, to attach uh, a comment to what you said regarding uh, history. And I think once they get to a certain point, the tradition, the heritage, the history starts to become important to them. 100%. Right. But it's because it becomes important to them at right. that point. Understood. That's what it has to be. Well, continued success with your amazing Thank work. You. Thank you. And I hope the campaign goes well. Please remind us, and we will be more than happy to remind everybody out there on the specific days when they should give to the charity campaign. Those of you who want to check out Neve, either as a as an educational option, if you know somebody for whom Neve Yerushalayim would be beneficial, you could certainly go to the website, neve.org, N-E-V-E-Y.org. And as Rabbi Refson said, if you want to support an institution that is taking very seriously the pursuit of of Balechuva, uh, Balachuva, Balachuva, There you go, Balachuva, uh, Women who uh, whose lives can be uh, turned around simply by a remarkable educational experience in Israel. 
Uh, you can go to the donate button at nevey.org, N-E-V-E-Y.org, and I would support add, the cause. I would add one more point. Sure. Um, people are very hesitant, religious people, about talking about their Yiddishkeit to others. Right. And that is a massive problem. People who are master salesmen, who have no hesitation, going around selling things <laughs> to one out of a hundred people that they offer it, become very reticent with their fellow workers, with those around them, in telling themselves about how vibrant their Yiddishkeit is. And this is a very serious problem. It's not by chance that the fastest growing uh, religion in America, and people find this difficult to believe, is the Mormons. The Mormons send out their people for two years of shlichus. They have to go out in the world. As salespeople. Uh, as salespeople and sell and and this is the key to it. And we have to know that we are in this world. I'll tell you, I'll just end with a story. It happened 55 years ago. I was a Talmud of Rebellia Lapians at Sal. And we were together once at a wedding. And he points at this guy, a cousin of one of the sides. The guy had a ponytail and a micro mini yamalka perched on his head. And Rebellia said to me, go to this guy Tell him he should come to Yeshiva. So I said to Rebellia, I said, but you give my cook have a look at him. He doesn't look like Yeshiva material to me. He said, I told you, go to him and talk to him. I said, Rebbe, I'm British. We don't go to people. We need an introduction. You can't just walk up to somebody and say, would you like to change the direction of your life? He said, go to him. So I went to him and we spoke. Right. And I came back and I told Rebellia that he wasn't interested. But I must have said it with a note of triumphalism. So Rebellia said to me something which <laughs> I always remember. Yeah. He said, Chaim Mivalajan says, we're not here to succeed. We are here to try. Right. In the next world, you will say, he will say, why didn't you talk to me about Yiddishkeit? And you will say, I did. We have to discharge our responsibilities. We have to bring the option to fellow Jews. Greatly appreciate you being here today. Thank you. And continued Hatzlacha. Neve.org, N-E-V-E-Y.org. Our thanks to Rabbi Refson for being here on a Monday morning at JM in the AM. <laughs>